you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Master Plan. I'm your host, Michael Filipkowski. Joining me today is once again our frequent guest on The Master Plan, Connor DiBiase. Connor, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Anytime. I mean, listen, I need someone to talk basketball with and, you know, you're that guy. Connor is that guy. So just when you see him, say thank you. Um... We're talking about the Pacific Division today and their free agency um, expectations, predictions, basically where teams stand. Um, and Connor, take it away. Yeah, Pacific Division, probably three of the top four teams kind of projected in the West in the Suns, Warriors, and Clippers. For next season, I'd assume. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, you still have LeBron there too. So, really, a deadly division um, where you have the Kings who are desperate for playoff push. Absolutely, uh, it doesn't look too good. But starting off at the top was the Phoenix Suns after their absolute blowout in Game Seven versus the Mavs. Um, it feels like the core of this team truly cannot contend. No. Uh, and although they were close after getting a bit of injury luck the year before last, just this collapse feels like the last straw uh, and moves have to at least be thought about and small moves have to be made. Um, right now, they have nine players under contract. DeAndre Ayton, Aaron Holiday, and Ish Wainwright are all restricted free agents. And then um, Bismack, Biombo, Alfred Payton, Javel McGee are unrestricted. They had zero picks in the entire draft, um, and they only have the taxpayer mid-level exception to use. Um, Obviously, the biggest story for the Suns is what will they do with DeAndre Ayton? Uh, It feels like the the ship has sailed there a lot of the time um, in terms of, like, just overall, he got benched towards the end of that playoff series. Monty Williams said it was an internal issue. He sounds like he does not want to be back there. Um, just a lot of stuff that just doesn't sound like they're going to have. A doesn't sound like a guy. They're like a, like they're talking about a guy who's coming back next season, does it? Yeah. Um, so really, uh, their best bet right now feels like to match whatever team him a deal, and then. Um, do a signing trade. Obviously, there is still potential for him going back. Um, if we recorded this yesterday, I would have talked about uh, how it felt like they, they were the leading team to get Kevin Durant mm-hmm. at that time. But now with Kyrie opting in this deal, it feels unlikely. 
um, that that is an option for them. But trading some of these these good young players that will have to be paid, such as Am Johnson, um, feels like something they must do. Uh, they should get a big man as well, although you can run with JaVel McGee and Bismack Biombo. It feels like you should get someone better. They have been linked heavily to Jakob Podol. Um, and obviously with the Spurs linked to Aiton, that could be something that happens there, but we'll see. Um, I just really don't think Aiton is a son next year. Uh, I went into this uh, season thinking he would be, but just as it's gone on, as it feels like they more and more so they don't want him. Right, as things have kind of materialized almost, it feels like they just don't want him on the team. And and I guess it's kind of understandable, but, you know, they really need someone – they need another star. If, if Aiden's not on the team, I mean, listen, Booker and Paul are fantastic players, but Booker time and time again has come up way short in playoff games. And Chris Paul is, you know, I mean, he's he's you know he's very talented, but I think defensively quite a liability, right? So, yeah, it, it really felt like that superstar trade would have been really big for this team to try to just say quick it and go for it, and mm-hmm. trade it for Duran or something. But now it feels like they're in this way where they want to keep these young guys. Uh, at the same time as wanting to compete and knowing Chris Paul's window small. So it'd be interesting what they do, what kind of return they could get. If they could somehow get DeJounte Murray and and Jacopertl in this like sign and trade for Aiden, that that puts them immediately into a big contender role. Uh, But I don't know if they want to give up that much. Maybe you have to give up someone else as well. It's just an interesting situation that uh, I still think it's possible that the market is somewhat dried up, I think, for Aiton. Obviously, um, with the Pistons getting Durin, and it sounds like with the Trailblazers using their money already, it sounds like it's not a huge market for him. Um, so if they can't find a huge sign and trade, they may just max and run it back, or he sends the qualifying offer and decides, I'm going to be unrestricted next year, and they can't hold me back. Um, but it feels like it feels like something has to be done for this roster. Yeah, I absolutely agree. They need to make some sort of move um, to contend next season because the the West is going to get a hell of a lot better. I think you also should look for them to get uh, a more established point guard off the bench, potentially with that taxpayer mid-level exception. Um, Because, I mean, you saw it in their playoff when Cameron Payne was not that guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lance Shammett was not that guy. They need to get a more established. Maybe they can get a veteran. Um, I would say John Wall, but it sounds like he's going to be a clipper. But there's a few guys out there, Goran Dragic, just someone to to control things. I mean, a reunion with Goran Dragic, he was uh, a son a while ago, but but kind of just something to, um, to just run that offense off the bench, which campaign really did not do well. Mm-hmm. In that playoff. Absolutely. All right, Connor, next team. Uh, yeah, and then we're heading to the team that was the three seed in the West and ended up as your NBA championships. That is the Golden State Warriors. Yep. Uh, who are looking to repeat. The Warriors are so deep into the tax that they have the biggest tax bill in NBA history and only looking to add on to that. Absolutely. Uh, hey, 
Don't let anyone ever tell you that money doesn't make a difference. Because the it Warriors does. The are currently well into the tax with only eight players under roster. Um, and then they have restricted free agent Juan Toscano Anderson. And then everyone else is unrestricted, including the Manibielitsa, Andre Iguodala, Damian Lee, Chris Chioza, Kevon Looney, and Gary Payton II and Otto Porter Jr. Um, it feels like those first three, Bielitsa, Iguodala, and Damian Lee, may just sign on minimums. Um but the last three definitely bring in some discourse for what the Warriors want to do. Um, it feels like the big move they have to make uh, to succeed is in bringing back Kevon Looney. He was such an integral part to their playoff run. Yep. It feels weird for them to have bird rights, be willing to have the biggest tax bill and not say, hey, let's just throw more money at him because we can. Um, right. And I think they will do that. They'll give them maybe like a three-year, $36 million deal. Uh, secondly, they have their mid-level exception, their taxpayer, obviously, mid-level exception. And I think it's going to be a choice. Uh, Whether it goes to Gary Payton or, um, yeah, or Otto, Porter, Otto Porter, Jr. Jr. I think both these guys are high mid-level exception guys. Uh, potentially, uh, Gary Payton could be a full non-taxpayer mid-level exception based on this defense. And I think really um, the Warriors are going to have to choose between these two of who to give that mid-level to. Um, and the other one would likely walk as a free agent. I don't see either yeah. of these guys taking a vet minimum. Um, no, I don't either. My guess, if if I were guessing who the Warriors would, I know Otto Porter Jr. started, but I think they value Gary Payton more in terms of defensive identity. I, I agree. And I also think they can mold Kuminga into that kind of shooting backup big that Otto Porter ran, um, but Moody not necessarily into that pure defensive wing that Payton is. Mm -hmm. um, so my guess is Gary Payton, but furthermore, the Warriors did have their pick at 28 in the draft um, in which they took Patrick Baldwin Jr., who had an outright horrendous year at Milwaukee um, before, while being maybe a top five, top ten guy out of high school, um, and just had a bad year. But usually with those guys, you can see the potential is there. Um, I, I mean, you can see it clear as day. If he was a top guy at high school, he obviously has some potential. Um, so they probably be kind of what they did with Jordan Poole is set him in the G League for a couple of years, see if he can develop a consistent shot, see if he can develop into a, a good player. Um, and secondly, they traded up in the second round to take Ryan Rollins, the guard, and took a draft and stash for the later half in Luis Santos. Um, now, my person, before going into the, the playoffs and even talking beforehand my expectation was them to trade andrew wiggins and young pieces for a star such as rudy gobert um was what i mocked a lot who, who i still think would work tremendously well on that roster but after wiggins incredible run in the playoffs uh, i think it's a run it back team look for another championship sign Kavan looney uh, MLE, Peyton, no Porter, and then get a bunch of guys and bet minimums and just try to run it back as before you have to pay even more guys and pay Jordan Poole like 25 mil a year contract and stuff. Yeah, I honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't see, um, them not re-signing Wiggins or, or not, sorry, not re-signing Wiggins, but trading Wiggins after the playoff performance that he had. 
Um, and I think that, you so know, this is probably his all time height in terms of trip value. Right. That's the one reason you do it. And this is something the, the Warriors have capitalized on in the past. I mean, uh, signing trading D'Angelo Russell fresh off an all-star team at the trade deadline um, for the Wiggins, but just, uh, I mean, trading Monte Ellis, however many years back um, when he was your starting point guard and everything, uh, ju just taking advantage of the, the high um, potential high trade value of these guys. And that's where I kind of saw it happening. But yeah, I think it's mostly a run it back team at this point. Um, after their championship. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, on to the Clippers, right? Yep. The third seed for the Pacific was the LA Clippers, um, who have we've been waiting for years to be healthy because we know they can be that championship team if they're healthy. I mean, they beat the Jazz without their best player. Um, they almost beat the Suns as well. It's just one of those things that, I mean, they maybe could have made a run in this playoffs if Paul George didn't get COVID and all this stuff that, that has kind of hindered this team so much. Um, but really, they set themselves up for success. Uh, and so much success that they have a very deep team of of guys that, that were starters last year, like right. Lucas Morris, that might not even be in the rotation this year. Um, at the trade deadline, the Clippers got Norman Powell and Robert Covington for basically pennies on the dollar, um, giving up like Justice Winslow and a, a pick. It was just, they got a ton for not much. Um, and Eric Bledsoe, of all things. Um, so they're committed to being deep in the luxury tax. They just extended Ivaca Zubac, a three year, $33 million. Uh, to be their starting center um, right now they would likely uh, right now they have let's see they have I think 11 guys um, under contract right now uh, 10 guys under contract right now uh, and seven potential free agents Nicholas Batum with a player option um, Zubac with the team option but obviously he just resigned on his deal uh, then you have Amir Kofi as restricted, then Hartenstein, Hood, um, both as unrestricted free agents. Um, I think it's likely they will look to re-sign Nick Batum with his early bird rights, um, as he's a big piece to what they want to do. Um, they have their taxpayer mid-level exception and a trade exception for both Sergi Baca and Rajana Rondo. Uh, one guy that's been rumored to fit into those trade exceptions they're talking about is Nerlens Noel as the Knicks look to get off his salary. Uh, they took in the second round of the draft, who said Diabate. Um, but really you get into their draft. Oh, one last thing is uh, it seems like they're gonna use their taxpayer mid-level exception to get John Wall after his buyout from the Rockets. John Wall took about 6.7 yep. mil off his contract to get bought out. And that basically fits into the taxpayer mid-level exception. That he's gonna be perfect paid. for them too. I mean, he's gonna be so talented. He's so talented. You can just say yeah, healthy. All that rest and you saw him working in the gym the whole time. I think they're getting really good peace in John Wall. Mm -hmm. um, but then you're left with this roster where you have a, just such a deep roster. Other than that center position, uh, just this roster is head over heels with players. I mean, 
Reggie Jackson, John Wall, Tamis Mann at the one, Paul George, Norman Powell, Luke Kennard at the two, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Marcus Morris, Amir Kofi at the three, Robert Covington, um, plus Nick Batum at the four, Zubats at the five, just, just so many players. Um, and there is a chance they don't bring back, like, uh, Nick Batum just because of this overflowing amount of players, but I think it's likely. Um, and, and I think it's more likely that they trade away some of their uh, end of rotation guys for probably draft capital, such as Marcus Morris, um, uh, Luke Kennard, uh, maybe even like just trade away Tance Man, even though they kind of like him as a young player. Um, potentially Reggie Jackson as well. Obviously, I didn't even mention Brandon Boston. Uh, if you remember, he had a 30-point game against the Celtics at the probably low point in the season. Um, but just so many guys that you expect them to, to, in order to not have a crazy tax bill, just trade some of these guys away. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you'd like the insurance of some if you get injured. But like Marcus Moore Sr., I, I, I don't see a reason for them to keep him at his price point. Um, when you probably trust the better defensive guys such as Robert Covington. Robert Covington, who had a 50-point game towards the tail end of, of out of nowhere, like a 10-3, 50-point game out of nowhere for the Clippers towards the end of the season. But just uh, these options that you uh, prefer um, Covington and Nick Batum to play because of their defensive ability and their consistent three-ball rather than Marcus Morris, um, despite his scoring punch. Um so I think you probably, uh, if John Wall signs for a minimum instead of the mid-level exception, I expect them to use that mid-level on Hartenstein to get it back a big back, um, which is definitely possible. Uh, but if they trade for Nerlens Noel to use up one of those traded player exceptions, then you're probably looking at mid-level for John Wall, some sort of early bird for uh for Nick Batum, a re-signing of some sort for Amir Kofi, and then just uh, end of the rotation, vet minimum guys around them. Yeah, I mean, all that makes sense. The Clippers, you know, that John Roll, I mean, that could be so deadly, I think. I mean, that could be... Yeah, uh, I mean, even if he comes off the bench, which I think he'll start just because you'd rather his playmaking to start, Reggie Jackson's shot-making kind of... He plays better on the ball when... John Wall can kind of play off that as a driver, but also, I mean, last time we saw him play a full season, he was the lead assister in the league, I think. Right. Um, so just just one of these guys that, that I think will fit so well with Kawhi and Paul George as like Sean making wings as him as a driver just opens it up so much because you can't bring, if he's as explosive, and I think on rest he definitely will be, uh, he's not a guy you can really bring a double team in with that many guys around. I mean, even if you bring a double off a guy that's um, not Kawhi or Paul George, then you get a corner shot, then you can move the rock around. It's just such a good situation um, for him. Like, sure, you could get a starting role with the Lakers or something like that, but I feel like this fit is so much better for him and his abilities. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I've mocked for, I mean, last year, the year before, I really like John Moore. He was my my favorite target to get for the Celtics. Um, but 
just his fit with the Clippers, I think, will be so, so strong mm -hmm. and super underlooked move this offseason. I think it could be incredible. Um, up next, the Lakers. Um, they will not be getting Kyrie, and they missed the playoffs last year. Will LeBron miss the playoffs again, Connor? Is that possible? I think it's definitely possible. The Lakers, again, if you talked to me yesterday, I would have been like, looks like Kyrie Irving is going to sign there for $6 million. Um, but since then, obviously mentioned in our last episode as well, Kyrie picked up his option. Um, and, and the one bit of reporting I'll say is Brian Windhorst did say there is still some mutual interest about getting Kyrie to um, the Lakers. High-ranking people believe Kyrie to the Lakers is not off the table is how he put it. Um, I don't trust what Windhorst says most of the time, so I'm going to kind of ignore that and expect Kyrie not to be a Laker when I do this assessment. Mm -hmm. um, so right now, the Lakers have four players under roster. Um, nice. And they have about no luxury tax space. I mean, their players under roster include Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Talon Horton Tucker, then a non-guaranteed Austin Reeves. That's already nearly a full cap on three players with Horton Tucker making like 10 mil. LeBron and AD both making about 40. Um, and then you get to their slew of free agents. Yep. Um, they have, uh, so one thing is Kendrick Nunn and Russell Westbrook are expected to pick up those player options, which would, yeah, they're already in the tax basically with, with Nunn's five mil and then Russ's 47 mil. Um, so now you got six players and no money. Um, I expect them, they have team options on Wendy Gabriel and Stanley Johnson, who are both on like minimum team options. Those are expected to be picked up. Then you have no restricted free agents. Um, in terms of unrestricted, you have Carmelo Anthony, DJ Augustine, Kent Bazemore, Avery Bradley, Wayne Allington, Dwight Howard, and Malik Mark. Um, Feels like it's a 20, 2010 all-star team. Dwight Howard, Melo. Two of those guys. Okay, two of them. Bradley if I made it. Game, yeah. yeah. Uh, right now, it seems like they can't find a trade for anything at all. It seems extremely unlikely. Um, I know they've called everyone in the league for years with a package of Talon Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, a first round pick, and no one wants to do with it. No, no one, no one wants that. THT absolutely slaughtered his value last year with this play. Um, after he was the guy they refused to give up for Russ in that trade with the Wizards when I could have kept like a Kuzma KCP. Um, just questionable decisions made there. Hey, but, always, um, always. You're expecting uh, Malik Mock to sign back on a small contract. He's expressed interest for signing back, even though he could probably get paid decently well on some other team. Uh, and then just really, you use if you don't use a taxpayer Emily on Malik Mock, if he actually signs for minimum, you look for someone to give that mid-level exception to. I'm sure someone out there would take a pay cut to play with, like, Braun and everything. And then just it's all vet minimum guys. Um, you probably expect Carmelo Anthony to resign. Yeah. Howard. Those are two that seem extremely likely to resign. Um, but it's a quote-unquote run it back because that's all they really can do. Hey, run it back, baby. Let's get 10th this year. 10th number 10. A chance Russell Westbrook could be traded, maybe for like the Gordon Hayward contract. Do you think uh, they would take on the Gordon Hayward contract? I 
would not. If I were the Lakers, I would say. Oh, I if I were the Lakers, I would, but I don't think LeBron would like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, if I were the Lakers, I would not take on that three year, ninety something mil contract for Gordon Hayward. In which case, you could have LeBron leave, and then you got money on a guy who can't stay. Two guys who can't stay on the floor. It, you max money on both of them. I would say keep Russ if LeBron ends up leaving at the end of the offseason, which at this point seems unlikely, but if they suck again, he could. Then you're like, at least we can get assets for AD and have a ton of money open. Yeah. Um, it's just such a tough rebuild for them, especially without that many picks. They have some. They have a good amount of seconds. I think they have their first next year, um, or maybe it's a swap, but it, it's just such a bad situation um, in L.A. Yeah, L.A. LA is not, not feeling it right now, are they? I mean, if you if they had Kyle Kuzma and KCP and, and re-signed Dennis Schroeder and stuff like this with that extra money instead of trading for Russ, you'd see this team as a contender, but I just can't see it with Russ. Uh, although I think Russ can can be a great player on another team, his fit with LeBron is just abysmal. <laughs> hey, man, that's what LeBron wanted. All right, the final team in the Pacific, Connor, is the... Sacramento Kings. The uh, Well, listen, the team that's always one pick away from picking a Hall of Famer, right? Luca, um, yeah, I mean it's just bad. All right, tell us what have the Kings got in store for us? Yeah, the Kings are now in win now mode in an Whoa. extremely hard West in an extremely tough division as they traded away their best young asset, Tyrese Halliburton, All Star center, Demontis Sabonis. Win now, baby. The Kings currently have 10 players under contract with Chemezi meant to be non-guaranteed, expected to be guaranteed because he's good for them last year. Uh, they have Dante DiVincenzo, it's a restricted free agent, and Trey Lyles has a team option. Josh Jackson, Damian Jones, and Jeremy Lin all being unrestricted free agents. The Kings have the non-taxpayer mid-level exception as well as the biannual exception to use. Uh, with a trade exception from the Halliburton trade, though it is small, it's like $5 million. Um, the Kings, after many, many trade rumors, decided to stick at the fourth overall pick to take Keegan Murray. Uh, they then traded away their second round pick. But that Keegan Murray pick was over who? Who did they not pick? They did not pick Jaden Ivey. Yeah. A lot of teams were willing to give up. I, I don't like the fit with Ivey and Fox. I would not have taken Ivey there if I was the Kings. But could have traded back like though. Teams were yeah, teams were very in on Jaden Ivey, and you could have got something really good as a return. Right. Um, the Kings obviously are going to be in a, a, a ton of trade rumors as they they feel like they need. I mean, running it back again is not going to work if you're the Kings. Uh, that's just I feel like a given. Um, it just feels like that's not going to work. I think Harrison Barnes is definitely on the trading block, but a lot of guys uh, are going to be on the trading block for them. Uh, one trade I see a lot is trading John Collins, uh, trading for John Collins for Harrison Barnes and some picks. Um, maybe I, I heard they're interested in OGM. I know, but I don't know how they get that done. 
um, Ely. Um, obviously, Bashan Holmes should also be on a trading block for the Kings as they have Sabonis there. Um, I mean, th this is Kings roster that badly, uh, I feel like, needs a, a starting level shooting guard. Uh, I don't think Davion Mitchell's that guy. He's undersized. He's better as a playmaker. I think he's a lot better off the bench than Dante DiVincenzo or Terrence Davis. They just don't feel like they can be a starting shooting guard on this team. So that's probably a, a lot of where they look now that they have Keegan Murray to run the four. Um, but the name I hear popping up a lot right now is Victor Oladipo. Um, they would sign him using part of their mid-level exception or their full mid-level exception. Yeah, it's a, a good deal for them. Deal, uh, on a short-term deal where he can kind of prove himself. A one- to two-year deal um, where he can earn his next contract and he probably comes in and is immediately the starting guard next to Fox. Um, which I think would be would be a definitely a good fit. I think yeah, I like the Victor awesome. Oladipo. I mean, it's a good fit. He played really well in Miami, so I, I like that personally. I mean, the Kings is a tough situation because they're playing in a West that at this point is like incredibly good. They have four teams in their division who arguably could be playoff teams this upcoming season, and you know to be that fifth team, like that's going to be tough. And there are you know there are yeah. ten other teams in this conference who are very talented too and who are getting better as well. So it's going to be tough for the, for the Kings this year. I don't, I don't see them making the playoffs, maybe, maybe a late um, play in spot potentially, but that, that'd be a stretch. That'd yeah, be a stretch. I think it's, it's, I think them probably make the play in. I mean, it would be really bad if they don't ever make him a play in. Um, but I don't, I don't know if they get to the playoffs. And if they do get to the playoffs, I mean, that's a, they're not winning around. That's uh, a whole other story. In the West. Yeah. Uh, now their coach is Mike Brown from the Steve Kerr tree, um, which is, I mean, I think he was technically a pop guy uh, beforehand, but went with Steve Kerr. To Golden State for quite a few years, um, which uh, feels like a decent fit. I don't love it uh, as a fit, but I feel like he's solid. Um, but in terms of their free agents, expect them to pick up the option on Trey Lyles. It's a pretty cheap deal. They could trade him away. Uh, he's a stretch big that'll kind of fit somewhere else potentially. Uh, well, they could keep him. I think they'd probably try to get Dante DiVincenzo back. And Connor, I'm just going to interrupt you. Yeah. I know there was a lot of talking about the Kings. Thank you all for listening to another episode of The Master Plan. Thank you to Connor. Have a great day. The game on the line. One shot. Who would you rather have taking it? Iggy or Curry? Of everyone on Golden State. Open shot. Fate of the universe on the line, or the Martians have the death beam pointed at Earth. You better hit it. I want Iguadala.